0: Please rise for the reading of God's word. Today's passage is Acts 16, 25 to 34. The Philippian jailer converted. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke,
1: let me pray. God, we thank you for today. I pray that as uh, we hear this word, that it would really penetrate our hearts. I pray, Lord, that prayer would be the most important thing uh, as we move forward into this new year, that before any type of breakthrough, that before any type of work that you are going to do in our lives, I pray that the foundation of our lives would be prayer. And I pray as we move forward as well, Lord, that every step of the way that we would be praying through it and we would understand the importance of prayer. And so we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Church, do you believe in the power of prayer? Do you believe that prayer can transform your life? Do you believe that in every situation and in every area that you are in, that prayer is what is able to move the heart of God. Do you understand that prayer is like incense to the Lord, that in Revelations it said that the elders gave up the prayers of the saints and they were like a sweet fragrance to the Lord? Do you understand that when God, he calls us to not only pray, but to pray incessantly to him, that like a child would constantly go up to his father that we are to be praying to our Lord again and again. And it's because he believes, and he believes so strongly that prayer is what shapes our lives. And so for you as well, do you truly understand how important prayer is for you? As I've been praying and thinking about you guys as well, as this year of breakthrough and the year of great and mighty things, all of these things have been coming into my mind, I believe that the first thing that we need to do moving forward is to set our foundation in prayer. And this is not just for you guys. This is from the pulpit to the very back seat, that I need to be doing this, that you need to be doing this. And as a church, if we are defined by prayer, then God can do anything through us. Now I believe that if we are a church called to to pray and to really seek the word and to really go deep into that, then we are. Then the things that are going to happen in this year, we can only hope to imagine. That's what I believe, and that's why I hope that you guys, as well as we move forward, are believe and, and hope in your heart. And the other word that has come into my into my mind as I have been thinking. Uh, about prayer is the word devotion, devotion. You know, this past week um, I was talking to Pastor Joe and for some reason we were talking about the, the movie The Notebook, right? Just two guys, just two dudes talking about The Notebook. Um, and I don't know if you know, but just to give you an update, it, it came out in 2004, right? Uh, and it was this uh, movie about this grandfather who, uh, talk, who was talking to his wife uh, about their love story. And it became this blockbuster movie. It, was like a, it had a cult following. Um, it launched the careers of Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, right? And I was thinking about that movie, as, as many men do, right? And, and I wondered uh, why it struck a chord with so many people. Um, and I wondered why it, it really kind of connected with just so many people considering there was, there's so many other love stories and other love movies and all, this, all these types of things. Why did The Notebook connect with so many people? And I'm sure partially it was because of Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, yeah. But I also think that there's something particularly special about seeing a couple who still love each other, even towards the end of their lives. And I think that there's something particularly special about seeing an elderly couple in front of you, walking in the park, holding their hands. I think that there's something particularly special, not only when it comes to elderly couple, but when you see a couple who have been together through the ups and downs, who have gone through trials and tribulations, who have gone through the very cusp of fighting, of of yelling, of, of marital strife and of problems, and yet they still love each other. And I think that there's something to be said about those who are still completely devoted to one another. I've been studying this topic of prayer to get ready for today to get ready for this year of prayer as well. And there's this word that continues to show up. And I believe it is so important in how we should think about prayer, and that word is devotion. In Romans 12.12, it says that we are to be rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, and devoted to prayer. In Acts 1.14, it says, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the followers with one mind devoted themselves to prayer. In Colossians 4.2, Paul says, devote yourself to prayer with an attitude of thanksgiving. Again and again, wherever prayer is talked about, almost always you see the word devotion alongside of it. And you see, church, devotion doesn't mean that prayer is all that you do. Any more than being devoted to your wife means all the husband does is spend time with his wife. But devotion to her means that everything in his life is affected because of her. I can't tell you what that will look like in your life. I can't tell you what it's going to mean exactly when prayer permeates all throughout your life. Everyone can be different. The pattern that you form for prayer is not going to be the same as the person next to you. There's many people who pray more clearly and more openly in the morning. And yet there are also people that I know who function better at night, and so they give their first fruits of prayer to the Lord at night. But you see, it's not about those small differences, but there is a clear difference between being devoted to prayer and not being devoted to prayer. And that is something we're going to be studying today together. You see, in this passage, we're going to be seeing three ways that Paul and Silas are devoted in prayer. And I hope that we would be encouraged, and we would be challenged together, that as we move forward in this new year, as we look forward to praying together, as we look forward to praying for the things in our lives together, as we look forward into all that 2020 will hold, that more than those things that you would want to be devoted to prayer... That as a Christian, that if you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, that if you believe that he died for you, that he rose again, and that he loves you, that your number one goal, that the thing that you would want more than almost anything else is to be devoted in prayer to the Lord. And we're going to look at three different ways that you can do that. see, Paul and Silas, they are on a missionary journey, and they end up in the city of Philippi. And they meet this girl who is a slave. What they find out is that she is demon-possessed. And this demon is able to tell the fortune of others. And because she's able to do this, her masters realize how valuable that this can be. They realize how economical this can be. And so they begin making money off of her. The Bible says that every day while Paul and Silas were on their way to their place of prayer, the demon-possessed girl would follow them and would mock, taunt, and yell at them. And And she would say in verse 17, these are the servants of the Most High God and they're telling you how to be saved. Finally, after many days, Paul gets tired of this. So he turns around and casts out the demon saying, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And so what we see is that the spirit leaves. But it was also at that moment that the slave girl's masters realized that they're not going to be able to make any more money off of her. And so they get upset. And they drag Paul and Silas before the court, before the magistrate. And it says that they are charged, punished, and sent to jail. But it says around midnight, in the midst of their prayer, the foundation of the earth shook. It says that the chains fell off. And it says that the jailer fell trembling before Paul and Silas, asking to be saved. Let me repeat that one more time. Around midnight, in the midst, Of their prayer, the ground shook, the doors opened, the chains fell off, and the jailer was saved. See, first, being devoted in prayer means that it is part of your daily life. In verse 18, we see that the girl was bothering Paul and Silas for many days. And what that means is that every day they would go to their place of prayer. And every day the girl would come and bother them. You know, the Greek word for devoted is used for prayer all the time in the Bible. But there's a place where it's kind of strange. It's used, but it's not in a place of prayer. It's used a a bit unusually. It's in Mark 3.9. It says, Jesus told his disciples to have a boat ready for him, because of the crowd. And it's weird, because in that passage, they use the same Greek word, but instead of saying devoted, they say ready. And instead of using it for prayer, they use it for boats. You see, that word ready is the same as devoted. Boats don't really do much on their own, but a ready boat means that it is empty and available to be used at a moment's notice. If there are people or things inside, then it is not ready and it is not devoted. That's why Jesus asked to have a boat ready for him. That's why Jesus asked to have a boat devoted to him. One that is already by the shore. One that is already empty. One that is already waiting for him. Church, are you ready for Jesus? Church, are you devoted to him? Prayer needs to be daily and it should be habitual because that's how you show the Lord that you are ready for him to come into your life. Because it is in those moments in your daily prayer and your habitual prayer that you're showing the Lord that you're empty, ready, and willing for him to do anything that he needs to do in your life. And when you don't pray, that means that you are simply responding to the situations around you rather than being ready for what God is going to do through you. Church, praying only when crisis comes into your life is not what's considered devotion. And what you are trying to do is exchange your God for a genie. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray in those moments. Look, it's good to pray to the Lord when you have trouble. And it's good to pray to the Lord when you are in crisis. But I'm saying that when you pray to him only during those times, then that's not the definition of devotion that the Bible uses. And so what I'm challenging you to do, starting today, if you have not been doing it, is to start daily and persevere in prayer. And I'm going to be honest with you, prayer is not easy, and it doesn't come naturally. And I can say this from my own experience as well. But when we begin to form a habit, you know, God, he honors that. When we begin to pray daily to him, God honors that. You know, the definition of righteousness is having a one-track mind toward God. In other words, it means that a righteous person is one that devotes himself to the Lord. A righteous man and, you see, a devoted man, they can be used interchangeably in that way. And you see, in James 5:16, it says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And so for you, too, church, as we head into the new year, as we think about prayer, I pray that you, would that you would build a habit, a daily habit of prayer to the Lord. Because it is in that time that your devotion is shown to the Lord. It is in that time that you will, that you will show how, how devoted you are to Him. And it is in that way that your, power, that your prayer is going to be powerful and effective. So that's the first thing. Secondly, Being devoted in prayer means that you pray regardless of your circumstances. For Paul and Silas, they had a place of prayer that they went to in Philippi. And suddenly, they were brought up against the magistrate. Suddenly, they were flogged. Suddenly, they were punished. Suddenly, they were beaten and thrown into jail. And in verse 25, it says that it was in prison that they would pray. You see, church, they had a habit built already where they would go to pray daily. But just because the location changed doesn't mean that that their devotion changed. Just because their situation changed doesn't mean that their daily prayer life changed. Regardless of your circumstances and regardless of your situations, prayer needs to be at the forefront of your life. Everything needs to flow from what your priorities are. And this means everything needs to flow from your prayer life. Everything needs to flow from your Bible reading life. Everything needs to to flow from your church life. Let me give you an example of that. One thing that my father always said is that you decide whether or not you're coming to church not on Sunday morning but on Saturday night. And I know that's not much of a problem for our ministry because we start at 2 p.m. If that's a problem for you, you have bigger problems than, than I can fix. But I think it's important to answer this one question. Are you willing to revolve your life around God? Or are you content with God revolving around your life? Are you willing to base everything around your circumstances? Or are you willing to put your circumstances around your life? Around God, I mean. And look, I'm not asking you to come to Shining Star for 52 weeks out of the year. If you want to go on vacation, then praise God, get some rest, go on vacation. But what I always tell people is that when you go on vacation, a lot of times it's not going to be a spontaneous one where you go on the spur of the moment, but that you're going to know that you'll miss a Sunday here. And if you know that you're going to miss a Sunday here, then I want you to be proactive and search for a church in that area where you're going to be vacationing. And look, I know that your itinerary may be busy, but I think that you can push your vacation brunch one hour so you can go to service. And look, church, when you are able to pray regardless of your circumstances, regardless of whether or not things are going good or bad in your life, then your relationship with Jesus would become so much more personal and so much more real. When I was in grade school, I believed that I was a Christian. In college, I believed that my faith was strong. But it was only in my first year out of college, when I was in Korea, that I realized my relationship with God was nothing like I had thought it was. Why was that? When I was in grade school, I was surrounded by the church and with believers. When I was in college, I was surrounded by the church and with believers. But when I finally moved away and I didn't have either of those I realized that I was surrounded by people who had a relationship, but I never got one myself. My prayer life, my church life, and my spiritual life was based on my surroundings and not on my own relationship with God. And that's why I thought I was doing well when in actuality I was barely praying to the Lord. Church devotion is more than just your circumstances. Devotion is more than your than your situations. And as a side point, are you willing to seek the Lord? Are you willing to pray to God even in front of non-believers? In verse twenty-five, it says that Paul and Silas were praying and singing, and the prisoners, you see, they were listening. It's not a matter of whether or not it's embarrassing. It's a matter of faith. Do you truly believe that God is so powerful that he is able to transform people that just simply see you and see the way that you live? And it's not even a matter of specifically praying for those people It's just understanding that God is able to change their lives because they see the way that you live. It's not even about praying specifically for each of your coworkers. It's not even praying specifically for your unbelieving friends or that unbelieving family member. It's about them seeing the way that you live and you truly believing in the bottom of your heart saying, yes, I believe that God is so powerful that even the witness of my life is able to change them for the better. That even the way that they look at me, that even the way that they see how I live can transform the very essence of their life. In a sense that after the chains fell off and the doors opened, that after the prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas praying. And after the jailer was about to kill himself, Paul, he shouts out in verse 28, and he says, "Don't harm yourself. We are all here. We are all here." That means it wasn't just Paul and Silas. But it was all of the prisoners who were simply sitting and listening to those prayers. These were men who had broken the law. These were men who did not know Christ. But because of them simply listening, because of them simply witnessing, they were changed forever. Many of you have been praying for a very long time for certain things and for certain people. But have faith and trust in the Lord. I know that it's difficult right now, and I know that it seems dark even in 2020, but if God is able to change even those people who witness your life, who are are only seeing the things that you are doing, then will he not even more do the things that you pray for? And lastly, being devoted in prayer, means that you understand prayer as being vulnerable and being intimate. This isn't specifically from this passage, but it's from what we know about Paul and the way that he prayed. Paul was striving and giving to the Lord, not because he needed to gain something, but because he knew that the only reason he was alive was due to the grace of God. And because he was so grateful to the Lord, he prayed such bold prayers, and he prayed in absolute faith that God would do what he prayed, and that even if he didn't, he would still give all of himself to the Lord. I think for a lot of us, we understand the gospel, and we understand the importance of prayer. And on on one level, we understand what Christ has done for us, and that we're saved by grace, and yet, I think on another level, when we pray, we are still not willing to let down everything. When I was in Korea, there's, there's a certain type of personality that I've encountered with many husbands. And for me, I, I love Korea, I love the culture there, I, I love the people there, but I noticed one thing in particular, when it came to many marriages. Very often you had husbands who were very hardworking but very nonverbal. They were they would work extremely hard and they would say that I, I'm expressing who I am and, and my provision for my family in that way. And I, I'm expressing my love for them in this way. But you see, I I would come to realize that their wives would be dying for intimacy. And I remember conversations where the wife would say in front of me, in front of her husband, look, I know that you're doing this for me, but I just want some time where we can just talk. I just want some time where it can just be about us. I just want some time where we can be vulnerable and be open with one another. And I remember talking to one of those husbands, and we were talking afterwards privately. And he told me, look, I I know that that's what she wants. She's told me again and again before, but to be honest, I'm just scared of doing that. I'm scared of opening up to my wife. I think on one level, we know that God loves us and that Jesus died for us on the cross. But I think a lot of us are still so scared, so afraid of what will happen if we really give all of ourselves to God. We're afraid of what's going to happen if we really pray. And I'm saying really give all of ourselves and pray to the full extent of all that we can pray and give all of ourselves to Him. And yet, in that moment of complete vulnerability, what if God doesn't answer? What if God? doesn't give us what we hope. And I think for so many of us, we understand with our minds all that God has done. We understand with our minds the importance of prayer, and yet with our hearts, we are so scared. And so for a lot of us, we are more content with working a full-time job We are more satisfied with serving in various ministries. We are more happy with volunteering in different ways and filling our time and saying, this is how I love God. This is how I show my love to him. This is how I show my commitment to the Lord. But when it comes to praying, when it comes to us giving Ourselves and our lives and and our hopes and our dreams to the Lord in prayer, it becomes so much more difficult. And for so many of us, we are unwilling to do that. There is one thing that will allow yourself to be vulnerable with the Lord, and it's simple. And I'm not sure if it's going to hit you right now, but I pray and I hope that you remember this and you remind yourself of this. And it's simple. It's just to to remember and remind yourself of what Jesus Christ did in your life. He died for you. And he took your place so that you can be with him forever. Church, he was not just a sacrifice, He was your sacrifice. Where you were supposed to be, he was there. The blood that you were supposed to spill, he spilled. The death that you were supposed to experience, he experienced. And so now when you pray, when you go before the Lord, when you ask and petition and you give all of everything to him, You can go in full confidence because of what it says in Romans 8.32 that if he was willing to give you his only son will he not also give you everything else? And so church in this new year I pray and I hope that you would be devoted in prayer. I pray and I hope that in this new year that the things that you are praying for will come to fruition. I pray and I hope that in this new year, that this church will go through breakthrough. And I pray and I hope that the people that you have been praying for, the situation that you have been waiting for, that all of these different things will come together and that God will have glory through those things. But before all of those things, before you can achieve any of those things, I pray that you'll be devoted to Him. Your devotion is what matters. Your readiness is what matters. So pray to the Lord. Set a habit daily with him. Pray regardless of your circumstances, of your situations. And lastly, pray with vulnerability, knowing that it was all through Jesus Christ, knowing that it was his sacrifice that allows us to even be here. So let's pray together and give it up to the Lord. Amen? Let's pray.